This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. The data wins every time. Ask a former 49er. Now, think of Bill Walsh now. He's a genius, right? He was doing analytics before analytics was even talked about. You know, what he used to do, he used to do the 9mm film. He used to have his coaches cut and spice tape, you know what I mean, the video. That's 49ers legend Roger Craig, who is now part of the business development team at Tibco a group leading the revolution of information to make those outcomes more predictable. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Roger Craig and the Chief Analytic Officer Michael O'Connell will be here to talk about the recent past. A Niners loss, they'll lament that and the future where their analytics can help in the prediction game. Also, we're going to hear from one of the longtime sports writers who thinks sometimes the tech has gone too far in sports, and we'll let you decide, does he have a point? Or is this the old walking both ways to school uphill in the snow with no shoes on argument? But first, the future is now. All this new technology, it's supposed to make performance better, right? Not always. Lane Higgins from the Wall Street Journal joins us. She wrote a piece recently about Nike's smart basketball, and it may have caused a drop in shooting percentages for Mountain West Conference players. Hey, Lane, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Why is this backfiring? What's going on? So it's been a little bit curious because when the Mountain West Conference started using these new basketballs that are embedded with a sensor that is made by a company called Shot Tracker, and only, (laughs) I guess it's a bit of a roundabout way of saying this, but essentially when the team started playing with these smart balls that were manufactured by Nike, their shooting percentages dropped off. And when they started playing with the smart balls manufactured by any other company like Under Armour or Wilson, there was no change. So that led a lot of these players to kind of grumble about the balls and some of the San Diego State players who, you know, until last weekend were the last undefeated team in the country were, you know, outright saying the ball was horrible. And they say it's slippery, it's hard to grip. And, you know, in a sport like basketball where shooting can have a large mental component and, you know, missing a few shots can derail the progress of a game, you know, this had a pretty sizable impact on results. 
So is this, in your determination, more about the feel of the ball and less about the technology that is supplying the information back to the players and the coaches? It appears to be so. And there's about 60 schools in Division One that use these shot tracker basketballs in practice. Um, only the Mountain West schools are allowed to use them in games, and they got a special waiver from the NCAA to do that. Reason being, um, you know, they want to have an even playing field, so they don't want a school being able to see this data in real time on the bench while the other their rival isn't. Um, and when the Mountain West schools started practicing with the balls, you know, that happened at the beginning of this year, but they weren't playing their games with these shot tracker balls. Um, they were playing with an older version of the Nike ball for the seven schools that are sponsored by Nike. And um, then when those schools started playing their conference games, then they switched from the older model of Nike ball to the newer model that had the sensor in it. And um, that's when the shooting drop-off really occurred. And, you know, there was no such difference between the non-conference and conference shooting for the Wilson-sponsored teams and the Under Armour-sponsored team, Colorado State. So that sort of indicates that it maybe has less to do with putting in the sensor, if putting in the sensor in those other brands of basketballs didn't have an effect, and more having to do with, you know, what the Nike ball, whatever changes were made. What is the conference saying about this? Clearly, they want to collect this data. So what are they saying? Are they saying, okay, we'll back off because the ball isn't isn't liked by the players? What, what, what's their response to all of this? Well, the conference has a deal with Nike and Shot Tracker, um, so they're going to use these balls in the conference tournament. And in theory, it should be a level playing field because everyone is using it. It's not as if you know one team is <laughs> the ball switches to brands based on possession. And at this point, you know the, the drop off that occurred in shooting was statistically significant during the month of December and early January. But as time has gone out, it Teams look like they've kind of adjusted, and the shooting is pretty much back to where it was in the non-conference slate of the season. So it's possible that, you know, at this point it really doesn't matter that they're using the ball. They've kind of figured it out. Um, and, you know, if you give a baseball player a new bat, it's going to take them some time to adjust. So it's probably something along those lines. And the Mountain West Conference, you know, is supportive of these balls in this deal so i i don't think that they're going to back down you know the interesting part of all of that is with all this new technology listen it's billed as almost coaching in real time it's data to help performance most of the teams and leagues that we've talked to they're all very bullish about what this means for them moving forward but the feel of the ball that's something that didn't have to be altered right i mean that's that's the most interesting part of the whole thing is why would any of that get changed if that's what the players were accustomed to and what's on the inside is what matters here exactly and you know that's something that nike wouldn't comment on um in the reporting for the story i asked them if there was any sort of changes made to the manufacturing and or to the leather you know or to how deep the grooves are between the little swatches of leather on the basketball and they declined to say anything so it's unclear kind of what changed or what any sort of rationale was behind that maybe they'll get that part fixed that seems to be that seems of all the technological advances that's the one i think they could easily go back to and fix uh, one would think. Yeah, so one would think. chain is a whole other animal that I won't even pretend that I understand the inner workings of. Neither will I. <laughs> Neither will I. Lane Higgins from the Wall Street Journal. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Up next, legendary 49ers running back Roger Craig and his partner Michael O'Connell introducing you to the data offerings at Tibco. This is the Future Sport Podcast.
Our guest this week is Roger Craig, who's the Director of Business Development, and Michael O'Connell, who's the Chief Analytics Officer at TIBCO, and they are shaking things up in the analytics and AI world. And you may recognize the name Roger Craig. We'll get into his background in a moment, but first, thank you both for being here today. Absolutely. Let me just get this out of the way. Roger, as as everyone probably recognizes, you're a former very famous San Francisco 49er, so sorry about the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. I know. Super Bowl is so bad. Um, I mean, our guys play so well. They're so young. And, um, you know, analytic-wise, we had the numbers to to win the Super Bowl, you know, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, things happen, and, you know, I'm not going to, you know, criticize the referees or anything like that. But, uh, you know, our, our guys, you know, they, they'll be back. They're, they're, they're young, and uh, they got the right culture there. And I just I think that, you know, they have the right leaders with Shanahan and Lynch. And, you know, uh, you got guys like that that won Super Bowls before. His father won three Super Bowls, Shanahan, and, and uh, Lynch won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. So, they understand the culture of what it takes to, to go to that next level. And, and with analytics and things behind them, they're, they're, they're going to even have more more success understanding that. And I think the talent of the defensive line will help them too. <laughs> Those guys are amazing. Absolutely. Bosa, yeah. he is the man. I love that guy. Yeah. I, I had the opportunity to visit with him. And I tell him he starves like he's hungry. He, no, he's not hungry. He's starving. There's a difference between hunger and starving. When you're hungry, you get three meals a day. When you're starving, you'll know when you get your meal. That's how he was. He, he was like a big lion out there just starving to get some food, man. Yeah. He, <laughs> sacks and things. Yeah, heading towards best he's defensive player in the league, and they took on maybe the best quarterback in the league. It was a hell of a game. Um, let's get into what you guys do um, at Tibco. Um, Michael, why don't we start with you? What's your purpose? What do you guys do? Uh, as Chief Analytics Officer, I oversee our data science, visual analytics, data management uh, products. Um, from a field perspective and uh, talk to customers and keep our products relevant. Um, but, you know, as it comes to, um, to sports analytics, well, certainly we did a lot um, over the past year with, uh, with the NFL. Uh, and to your point there, um, you know, our defense in terms of passing yards allowed was lowest in the league. And some of the analyses we did around looking at uh, those data and looking across um, uh, you know, different plays and different games, and, and the way the defense worked was uh, was was pretty interesting. We had the the, the Niners predicted to, to win the, the thing, and apart from that last six minutes, I think we we could have we, we could have pulled it off. Uh, but you know, we're seeing a lot in the football area of um, you know, analytics coming to the fore. Um, you know, we're seeing things like um, next gen stats um, shown on the on the screen right there. You know, quarterback separation, receiver separation, catch probability, things like that. Um, you know that that's interesting. You know I, I follow uh, New Age Analytical Ben Baldwin um, uh, Twitter feed, and um, you know looking at a bunch of different uh, uh, stats, not just for game stats in the NFL, but also recruiting. Um, you know, recruiting something uh, I used to work on. Um, the former owner of Tibco had, had interest in the Golden State Warriors, and now the Sacramento Kings. And you know we used to look at um, you know the new draft of players coming up, uh, the the college stats look at the current players, their previous college stats, and then do a mapping exercise to kind of predict uh, with someone's college record, you know, what trajectory they might have, you know, in the, uh, in the NBA. In that case, we're also looking at doing that this year in, in, the, in the NFL. Um, 
But, you know, we've done uh, things like, um, and Roger mentioned the fantasy football. We get uh, get involved in that, um, you know, also for uh, different teams. We've done things like, you know, just cross-sell business analytics, looking at uh, merchandise sales and, and ticket sales and trying to uh, cross-sell the customers for both of those um, those products. Uh, so, it's you know, we have a commercial angle on it as well as, um, you know, as well as looking at, um, uh, you know, the actual game, game stats and, you know, I mentioned some of the work we're doing with um, the NCAA March Madness thing coming up. Uh, we're the, also the brains behind the Mercedes F1 um, team that won uh, has won the last few drivers' championships and car instructor championships. So yeah, it certainly is an interest of ours, especially Roger being on staff, you know, sports analytics in addition to all the other things we do for our regular uh, Fortune 500 customers uh, is, a, is a passion and interest for us. The NFL draft, what, four years back, uh, when you, when, you know, what kind of player you want to look for, or whatever, who's going to be the top guy. We went four years back of college, you know, and then, and then when, when it came around time your senior year, um, you, you'll know what player progressed and, and, and took it to the next level. And so you, you have better chances of, you know, getting guys that are quality players. And so that, that, that we helped doing that too as well how do you collect the data then when you're trying to project out um, a collegiate player or someone in a minor league and you're trying to project out four teams what their career trajectory could be obviously barring injury um, how do you collect that data and make that model yeah so there's a lot of data out there you'd, you'd be surprised like you know in terms of uh, football uh, for example um, you know football DB uh, football outsiders you know pro football reference um, we were using recently um, this Kaggle data set, um, which had you know basically every NFL player in it since uh, going back to the 40s. We did an analysis in support of uh, Rogers Hall of Fame um, application, which I can show you a pretty interesting analysis. But but there's you know there's data out there everywhere. You know when we um, I, I mentioned the last couple of years we've been in the top one percent of the NCAA March Madness. We get uh, the Ken Pomeroy data as well as the Jeff Sagarin data. Um, along with you know ESPN, Sonny Moore, um, and, and we kind of pull together uh, you know data from multiple sources, and also a little bit sort of like Nate Silver. We're also looking to experts like uh, Ken Pomeroy's um, take on things. But you know, in that case, the NCAA March Madness. One of the interesting things we did there was uh, we had a model for you know the win loss uh, progression, uh, but we also had a separate machine learning model for Cinderella's. Uh, and, you know, if you can pick a couple of Cinderella's that advance, you know, beyond their seed, you know, that can be a real uh, differentiator compared to the rest of the pack. But, yeah, we're kind of proud of getting in the top 1% of the ESPN uh, data set for the last two years in a row. And we've got some events coming up. Uh, we're going to kick it off, I think, with James Worthy at an event in Las Vegas, um, uh, the March Madness kickoff, and we're going to take that to a few cities that first week of the um, uh, NCAA this year. So where does that information go? Are, are you trying to pitch this to customers who are looking for an edge in picking fantasy players or potentially gambling? How do you disseminate this and, and monetize all this data and information that you have? Uh, that's a great question. So, yeah, we're using it to just get the public interest around our products, and so... I can send you some links um, of the Spotfire. You know, our, our visual analytics uh, product is called uh, Spotfire. You know, spot the fire in the data. 
um, and we put up uh, a bunch of demonstrations in that in that software. You know, using public interest data like sports data to get more eyeballs on uh, you know on Spotfire essentially. Um, so yeah, the March Madness thing. Uh, I think we we kicked off the invitations to that those events this past week. And, you know, a single email gets, you know, hundreds of people signing up to see what's going on. And so it's more of a, you know, building the brand of, of Tipco and Spotfire that we, we're using the sports analytics for. There's not, a, you know, a huge amount of revenue there for us compared to all the, you know, corporate accounts we have like, uh, you know, FedEx and, and City and all the rest. But, um, you know, there's a lot of interest, a lot of eyeballs in, in sports analytics. Roger, what got you into this, um, into the analytic field? Well, it's part of our platform at Tipco. I've been here for 20 years, <laughs> so so it's just it's part of you know what we do, you know. And I, I enjoyed it, and I enjoy working um, with uh, our group when we had the fantasy football. That was huge, you know. Nine nine out of ten, who are nine out of ten percent people who who listen to me and 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 uh, basically um, you know tip my 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 league. They they did very well <laughs> because our analytics are so uh, impressive, you know. And and w- with the with the uh, Warriors, you know, they used our analytics for three point sh- you know shots. You know, I mean, people who who, who shoot the ball three you know, in certain areas a certain amount of times, we know exactly you know they know exactly how to defend these these teams. You know, we did this early on when Vivek Ranadive was uh, the CEO of our company. You know, so we, we did we've done a lot of work with sports and, and i love it you know michael o'connell is the man and uh, I, I enjoy working with him you know it, it, it's so interesting roger because all this stuff I, I i can only imagine when you were playing that this didn't exist so i i wonder if you kind of let, let, let me tell you something you know bill wash now think of bill wash now he's a genius right he was doing analytics before analytics was even talked about you know, what he used to do, he used to do the 9-millimeter film. He used to have his coaches cut and spice tapes, you know what I mean, the video, you know, and, well, well, what defense, what, what teams that we had to play against, what defense they are going to be in. And, and they, they would do this this whole offseason. And then he would – so he would know exactly what defense they're, that they are going to be in. We had the first 25 plays. He would draw those first 25 plays up. And we wouldn't deviate from those first 25 plays. We would stick to those plays. He knew exactly where those, what defense they're going to be in. And he created that. Bill Walsh did this, man. It's, it's unbelievable. It's so unbelievable. And, and we had our first 25 plays. And a lot of times I'm like, how many times am I going to run the ball? You know, you know, we didn't run the ball a lot. We, we threw passes on, on, those, uh, on that first 25 plays. But he would never deviate from those plays. He knew exactly what defense they were going to be in. That's impressive, you know, to, to do that back in the you know '80s. You know, I, I, it was it was more it was so amazing. The interesting thing there, from my perspective, in working with Roger on looking back on his career and seeing the versatility of the running game and the and receiving at, at the 49ers, uh, you know, how Roger did that first you know, thousand plus thousand season of uh, receiving and, and rushing. But you see that kind of make its way even this past year down to the 49ers offense. You see these guys like Mostert and Coleman and Jersey and these guys. Yeah. You know, one, one minute they're blocking, the next minute they're catching, you know, rushing. I mean, it's like yeah. the, the team that's lining up against them, they don't quite know on a particular play, you know, what Jersey's going to do from the fullback position or what Mostert or Coleman are, are going to do. And, uh, you know, you saw that in spades against Green Bay and uh, Green Bay, particularly. Yeah. But, 
But uh, <laughs> almost, almost in the final too, almost in the Super Bowl, we there right. were touches of, of, of that brilliance of the of the you know the the, the running and, and receiving guys were just like you know yep. all over the place in versatility right. and. Uh, Roger kind of and Bill Walsh pioneered that, and, and you still see it in the 49ers' offense this past season, right? Unbelievable. Oh. You're so right, Michael, because when we played against Green Bay, they thought for sure that Jimmy G was going to throw a lot of passes, and their defenses were geared to stop our passing. But guess what? Moser had a game of his life. He ran for 200-something yards against them, and they kept, they kept putting their defense in his passing you know, kind of you know, uh, you know, defense, and but we didn't throw the ball. But how many times? Six, six or seven times. So you know, the president of the Forty ers his name is Prague, um, and, and um, he he, he uh, was hired to come to the Forty ers back when Bill Walsh was alive to do all the analytics for the Forty ers Now he's the president for, <laughs> and so he understands analytics as well. You know, so I'm pretty sure that, you know, he, he did some work, too. <laughs> hey, Michael, um, so you had mentioned here that, like, this is kind of just part of the business of TIBCO. You have a lot of, you know, a lot of data analytics that are going in things that are outside of the sports realm. What ultimately is the company's goal with providing all of this type of information in the sports world? You know, we, we see the general interest um, in sports analytics really growing. Um, you know, uh, across the board. I mean, you see that conference that's going on in, in Boston this week, th- next week, I guess, the Sloan Conference. You know, it's sold out. I mean, there's, um, uh, there really is a lot of interest in it. So we're uh, applying our machine learning, visual analytics, data management software, um, you know, into sports analytics to just, you know, get people aware of our products. Now, now typically, you know, these products like Spotify, for example, when it's deployed at scale in an enterprise, you know, 50,000, 100,000 users of that software in a single organization, uh, you know, it's very common to have 10, 20, 30,000 users, for example. So you've got a big catchment area of a product like that. And so, you know, getting people get excited about sports in, in the United States uh, and around the world. Um, so just getting eyeballs and awareness of our products, we, we feel like the sports analytics area is a great area for us. Um, you know, we successfully predicted the Cricket World Cup. And uh, so for our, you know, folks in the UK and, and India and so on, um, you know, that got some attention. So it's like, you know, t- the TIPCO products, um, you know, uh, uh, great. Uh, we're a great technology company and they really have a lot of strength for uh, managing, analyzing, spotting the fire, building out data science models. Uh, but we're kind of a secret. Now, we're we're Big, big company, but not that big. Um, and so, you know, competing against the likes of um, IBM and Amazon and Oracle and all these guys, you know, we don't have the awareness. And so we're trying to use the sports analytics to get broader awareness of, uh, of our products. That's really the, the, um, the, the angle that we're taking with it um, at the moment. Michael O'Connell is the Chief Analytics Officer, and Roger Craig, famous San Francisco 49er, has been with the company for 20 years as their Director of Business Development. It's great having you both here today. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thank you yeah, so thanks much. thanks a lot. Up next, Scott Osler from the San Francisco Chronicle. He'll try to figure out how much tech is too much tech amid a huge sign-stealing scandal in baseball. This is the Future Sport Podcast.
So let's take a minute here to thank our friends at 3Advance. These guys are ranked one of the nation's top app developers, but that's not all. They've helped grow a bunch of sports tech startups like Team Builder, T-Box Tour, and In-Game Fantasy. But they're also experts in user experience, cloud APIs, and artificial intelligence. So if you're looking for a dev partner to bring your future sport tech to life, look these guys up. Go to 3advance.com. They're the team to make it happen. At Advance, you will. That's the number 3advance.com. And tell them Future Sport sent you. Baseball is an old school game with a lot of modern technology and they are converging in ways that have become very, very difficult, specifically in the off season leading into this spring training. See the Houston Astros. Scott Osler from the San Francisco Chronicle wrote a piece there where he said baseball and technology. Let's pull the plug. Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm good, Bram. How are you? I don't know that they can pull the plug, but what did you mean by it? Well, I just think First of all, I'm not uh, anti-progress. Uh, I'm not anti-tech. I'm not anti-analytics or anything like that. But I, I think there's a certain point where too much of the stuff gets in the game. Uh, and, uh, for instance, I'll just give you one example. There, as of like four or five years ago, teams are allowed to have tablets uh, in the dugout and in the bullpens. And, you know, they can look out. You're, you're in the bullpen and you're about ready to come in. You can look up your last uh, five uh, mount appearances against the hitters you're going to face and things like that. And same in the dugout, you can do similar things. And to me, that, that doesn't add anything to baseball, and it, and it kind of takes away from baseball. It kind of takes away from the purity. And uh, for, for instance, if a hitter, what, what happens a lot of times, the hitter will strike out, and he'll, he doesn't feel right, so he'll go back to the clubhouse in between innings or whatever and look at the last bat and look at a couple other bats and study video for five, ten minutes, or however long he can, and then come back. Well, while he's doing that, he's not on the dugout. He's not in the dugout rooting for his own team. He's not interacting with the players. He's not part of the game. He's just a, a lone guy back in the clubhouse studying video during a game. And, and to me, that doesn't it, it detract from the game. And I, I just think that, uh, you know, video has gone, uh, the, the tech stuff has gone too far in a lot of ways um and obviously listen there's a huge backlash to what's going on with houston and others yeah. we haven't heard yet at, at the time of this taping we don't know what the red sox situation is going to be they clearly are not alone in all of this is that what kind of prompted your thoughts about tech that we ran into a cheating scandal that is technologically oriented yeah, probably so although they certainly could have found other ways to cheat and they uh, and it's not super high-tech, although apparently they used a computer to, to break the signaling, uh, break the code on other teams' signals and stuff like that. But mm. one of the things that uh, struck me is, is the, you know, when A.J. Hinch, I guess he found out about it, and he took a, a baseball bat to, he went back in the, the, the room where the video watcher sits during the game to see if uh, they should call replays, ask for replays and stuff, and he, he busted the uh, monitor with his with a baseball bat. And it just it struck me that whole that whole idea of the there's the room there's a room back there somewhere in, under in the clubhouse or off the clubhouse where a designated coach usually sits and watches the game the whole game and and whenever there's a play that he thinks is challengeable then he radios or calls out to the dugout and they challenge and I think why do they need that if 
if one team had that and the others didn't have that, then, then one team would have an advantage. If none of the teams had that, then they would have to just use their own instincts and judgment from the dugout and and say, hey, we think we should challenge that. To go to have that extra layer of technology is, to me, ludicrous and unnecessary. It's just, uh, why do we need a guy? That's not part of baseball, <laughs> traditional baseball. Yeah. You know, uh, if there's a, a guy sitting in the in the clubhouse watching TV and eating pizza, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, w- I will tell you though, and I think you probably know this. You are yelling at the clouds a little bit because it's not going to change. The technology is not going to go away. I, I think the larger question is, what can baseball do to wrap their arms around it so there aren't unfair advantages? Well, that's true, and and I think there's probably limitations to what you can look up on your tablet. You have in the dugout and the bullpen. I'm not sure who monitors that. So the more of that stuff you have, the more um, the more you leave yourself open. You leave openings for cheating and fudging and all that stuff. And and also, you know, let's let's say it doesn't go any further. Let's say we continue to have the guy sitting in the clubhouse doing the evaluations and stuff like that. Okay, I guess I can live with that. There's nothing I, I can't fight city hall and everything. But this is this stuff's not going to stop. You know, in, in three or four or five years, because there are certain people on teams that love technology, you know, it's going to be a case where uh, I'm batting and I've got a three and two count against Buster, uh, against uh, Madison Bumgarner, and I call time and walk over to the dugout and ask them how, how he usually pitches me on three and two counts uh, with uh, runners on second and third. And, and then, then, Madison calls timeout and goes up to have somebody come out and tell him how he best should pitch me uh, three and two with runners on second, third with two outs, and, and so on. It's just there, there doesn't seem to be any end to the technology <laughs> because we a lot of people love technology. I'm not sure the players do, but I'm afraid to ask you what you think of robotic umpires because they're coming too. <laughs> it's funny you asked that. Uh, I, I love them. I'm 1,000 percent in favor <laughs> because. That's one to me. That's one area of the game that it's it just flawed, and it, can, and it gets more and more flawed. The, the harder pitchers throw, and the more stuff they throw, um, because it's just human human beings can't see that that little finite those, the corners and stuff like that. You can't judge it. You get the eye gets fooled, so it's impossible to call. And not only that, but but it becomes more noticeable because we have all the technology, the TV replays, so we see when the umpires are wrong and when they're fallible and when they're uh, going off in their own little tangents and stuff. So it just, that that's a part of the game that, that I think could be, it would be so much simpler if we just knew it was, it was ball or strike. And I, I, I don't know why people fight it because I, there's, to me, there's the color of the game. There's so much color in the game. And I know sometimes the, the, the arguments of umpires are colorful and a lot of stuff, but the whining after every pitch basically that goes on in, in major league baseball, Basically, you know, every other pitch, the batter's stepping out and he's looking back and he's yapping at the umpire and what's that? And the catcher's yapping at him and the, the dugouts are yapping at the umpire. Come on, call it both ways. Nah, nah, nah. To me, that that doesn't that's not colorful. That doesn't add much to, to baseball. That just adds more to the doubt that, of the competency of the umpires. You can read Scott Osler's work in the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks so much for joining us, Scott. You're welcome, Brent. That will do it for us this week. Remember, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.
The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by Three Advanced, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out Three Advanced. They're incredible. Go to threeadvanced.com. That's the number three advanced.com.